Welcome in. We're glad to have you. The Bill Michaels Show on the air. Broadcasting live at the, uh, the Wisconsin State Fair. Love this place. Love it. And um, in that sense, sitting inside the uh, the Budweiser Pavilion, love that as well. Love being here. And uh, if you have uh, not been here in the Goose Island Ale House, they have some tapping, keg tappings and such coming up 3 o'clock today. Each and every day, for the most part, except for Mondays and the final day of the fair. And uh, you got some uh, music on the stage right now coming up later on this afternoon. Madison County is going to be here. So a lot of good stuff going on here at the Wisconsin State Fair. Stop on by. Uh, joining us now, talking a little Packers football, our buddy Rob Reichel from Conley Media, Forbes.com. And uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Rob Reichel, joining us on the line. Rob, how you doing? Good. You got a heck of a day out there at the fair, don't you? Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely Perfect. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The, the crowd is good so far. Uh, crowd's good in Green Bay as well, and the Green Bay Packers getting ready for uh, the first preseason game. I know Aaron Rodgers. First of all, give me your reaction to the Aaron Rodgers comments and uh, that podcast and talking about, you know, the ultimate loves and psychedelic teas and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, Aaron would have been perfect, uh, you know, back at Woodstock in 69, wouldn't he? I mean, it's, right. that, 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 that's kind of where he's he's trended a little bit in life. Hey, you know, I, who am I to judge, Bill? No, I, I'm certainly not anybody. To, to judge him here's here's what i will say you know if, if if this has helped him find inner peace if this has helped him become the human and the man and you know and, and and the son and the brother and the and the boyfriend and the teammates and all these things that that he's maybe always wanted to be um and and it's helped him get to just a better place in life mentally uh, you know you know good for aaron i mean if, if, if that's truthfully you know what he believes that that took him that you know that that this took him to that place and I mean, I'll say this, Bill, you know, he, the last couple of years, even though some of our stuff was on Zoom and now the locker room, thankfully, is, is open again, you know, Rogers has seemed like a, a different guy, just a better guy. You know, I, I chatted with him for a, for a couple of minutes yesterday. He, he, he's, been, he's been far better, I'd say, with the media, less snarly and snippy maybe than he was in 17, 18, somewhere in there. Um, and, you know, but, you know, but more importantly, Bill, and, you know, to the fan base, what, what, what they've seen on the field the last two years from Aaron Rodgers has been has been unbelievable, right? The 85 touchdowns, you know, that, that he's thrown over the last two years. I, I think last year's passer rating was 112. Two years ago it was 121. You know, you know the numbers that have gotten him back-to-back MVPs. And, it, you know, it, at the end of the day, if, if, if all this bill has helped him, um, you know, become better on the field and off the field, then, then you know, then I, then I say good for Aaron. Who am I to judge, you know, how, how he got to that point in, in his life? So let's talk about uh, the discussion regarding the wide receivers. No Sammy Watkins. At least he's been somehow banged up, and we've seen sporadic appearances. We know Christian Watson not on the field yet. Uh, he's given a lot of praise, as you mentioned, to Romeo Dubs and some of the other wide receivers, the guys coming out of the backfield. Um, I, I mean, I like what I'm hearing, but then again, you know, people tend to get really high on a lot of positivity. Everybody's great. Nobody's lost a game yet in camp. You know what I mean, Rob? These are uh, the, the, these are the times every year, Bill. You know, and, and, and May and June are similar with OTAs and mini camps, where, where everybody's going to be a Pro Bowler, right? Um, you know, you re, you remember back a few years uh, ago. I mean, Jake Kumro was was the, was the state hero. J, J, Jake Kumro has twenty three career catches in his five years in the NFL, right? Still, so no, I I tell people the same thing. Just 
just because just because somebody looks okay on a Wednesday in early August uh, against a third string corner who you know is, might be on the street here a month from now. Don't get don't get too super excited. I I, I will say this you know there, there's always two three players every summer bill that kind of catch your eye and, and, and steal the attention away. And, and you're like, boy, he made a jump or he made a jump or, or a newcomer just flashes and, and flashes kind of immediately. And, and dubs does fall into that category, Bill. Like, like Roger said yesterday, there's a wild play every single day. And, and, and even Bill, aside from that, he, he you know, he, he's making the ordinary look extraordinary where I, I think at the end, of, of camp and and this might be a little premature bill but but i i think when they go up to minnesota on september 11th the starting wide receivers will probably be lazard dubs and then randall cobb in the slot if, if dubs continues in this you know over the three preseason games billy to do what he has done here the first what week and a half of camp i i think he's certainly on track to to, to start maybe from day one and probably have the better rookie season out of those two wide receivers because, like you mentioned, Christian Watson's behind uh, and going to stay behind for a while just because of that knee injury. Uh, talking, by the way, to our buddy Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. You can see his stuff at Rob Reichel over on Twitter. The offensive line has been somewhat of a, uh, I don't want to say a work in progress. It seems like they're just, at this point, it's just a feeling out stage. If I would call this a boxing match, this is the first round. Just trying to find out who fits in where, who's got good moves, bad moves, who needs a lot of work, a lot of polish. Just trying to figure things out with life without David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins for right now, right? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair way to put it. I mean, I think there's a few spots that are pretty locked down. I mean, I think Myers will be the center, that's safe to say. I think Runyon will be the left guard, certainly if Jenkins opens the year on Pup which is a pretty good guess. And I, and I think Josh Neisman will be the, the left tackle if Bakhtiari opens the year on Puff, which, again, might be a, a reasonably safe prediction at, at this point in time. So you, you've got a couple of spots open then if that, if, if that plays itself out that way, Bill. Uh, you've got a couple of spots open on, on the right side. The, the good thing for Green Bay, and, and, and this is incredibly rare, but they've taken nine offensive linemen in the last three drafts. So, you know, Three consecutive drafts, Brian Gutekunst has gone – three offensive linemen in 2021 and 22 he's taken three every year so they've got you know even even with their two best guys you know quite possibly starting the year on puff and Bakhtiari and Jenkins they have really good depth still I I, Bill when those two guys come back they've got nine guys I think they'd feel comfortable uh, throwing out there to to start a football game you know I I I do think Royce Newman's going to start on the right side where exactly probably depends on how a couple of these other uh, other spots play out. You remember Newman started 16 games last year at right guard. He was benched for the playoff game when they got when they got a couple of guys back and and got a little healthier on the offensive line. But he looks a little better right now, Bill. He looks stronger. You know whether he's right guard or right tackle, I think probably is determined by maybe who wins a job. Let's say between a Zach Tom, you know, a Jake Hansen, a Sean Ryan. Probably those three guys are are in the running for for one of the other spots. Uh, you know, on the right side. My guess is it would be Tom. He's the fourth rounder, Billy, out of out of Wake Forest. Unbelievable athlete. He ran a four nine four, 40-yard dash at the combine coming out. Uh, probably as good of a an athlete as, as this last draft saw. He's he's just a little bit undersized. He's six three three oh four. He's got short arms, Bill. You know, but but his athleticism, are, I, I think, probably has him right now. Maybe ahead a little bit of those other two guys. They've 
You know, they've had Tom Rep on the left side at left tackle and the right side at right tackle. I think when it's all said and done, when they go up to Minnesota, that you know, Zach Tom is probably the right tackle for the opener, and, and Yash is the is, is the left tackle. But but again, we've got a month to play this thing out. We've got three preseason games to see how it how it plays. Um, but again, to, to Gutekun's credit, and 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 Matt Lafleur's got to have a big smile on his face, Bill. The fact they keep taking all these offensive linemen, and even though they're dinged up with with their best two guys out, they've got a lot of reasonably good options up front. Has there been anybody that has given you thought that if either Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary go down, that at least there's some depth there? No. No, that, 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 that's got to be, you know, if, if I'm listing their top three to five concerns, that, that third outside linebacker un, undoubtedly, um, you know, come, come, comes into that equation somewhere, Bill, is, is one of the biggest concerns. He must, the number three outside linebacker might, might not be on the roster right now. That, right. You know, Green Bay, Green Bay has, has a handful of positions here, Bill, where they are reasonably deep, and, and they could make a move at, you know, at, at, at cut down day. You, you remember last year, you know, they signed Whitney Marsalis and, and, and got an okay, you know, stretch out of him. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they could make a similar move like that, you know, when, when it's all said and done. You know, Kingsley Ingabar is the draft pick and, you know, fifth-round guy that is, is going to be in the mix. Typical A, you know, probably – played about 100 snaps on defense last year, Bill, but was mostly, you know, a, a special teams guy. Randy Ramsey's in the mix. You know, he, a couple years ago, again, he was mostly special teams, but he factored in a little bit from scrimmage. You know, Jonathan Garvin's the other guy, Bill. He was he was kind of given first option, first chance last year to win that job at number three. Didn't really play out for him. Uh, I, I would say, you know, he, he's been a disappointment, and, and he's certainly in a make-or-break camp where, He's a bubble guy right now at, at best, and I, I, you know, if I had to bet a dollar, he may not make the, the final 53. So it, it's a position of concern. Some of these guys could obviously change the mind of the front office in, in the preseason games and, and win that job. But, but Bill, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if their third outside linebacker right now is on somebody else's roster. What about another wide receiver? Do you think they pick anybody up uh, before the season gets underway, Rob? Or do you think they kind of go into the season with what they have and then let the mid-portion of the season play out if they need to make a move? I think that's the better guess or better scenario. I mean, you never know who's going to be released. And, you know, there, there's always stuff floating. You know, today it's Michael Thomas with the Saints, right, and, and things like that in terms of, you know, who might be a guy that, that, that could be floated around out there later on in camp and, so you never know exactly what Gutekunst has going on behind the scenes and the phone calls that you know that that he's part of. But but I would guess right now, Bill, that they'll, they'll kind of go with what they have in house. And and if we get to the trading deadline around Halloween, and and the offense is you know 17th in the league and they're averaging 22 points and instead of the 30 that we're all accustomed to them scoring, you know every single game. Maybe then at the deadline they they go ahead and and they make a move, but. But, Bill, here's what I will say with, with these young guys, you know, both, both Watson and Dubs, they, they, they both have unbelievably bright futures. Now, whether, whether they turn into, you know, really good NFL players this year or 2023 or 2024, I do think they're both going to turn into really good players at some point in time. Obviously, if you're Green Bay, you want it to happen sooner than later. But, but you know, I, I do think Green Bay's offense, Bill, if, if they go young, especially early, they might take some lumps those first eight, nine games of the year, you know, the first half of the schedule. But I do think in the second half of the season when, you know, when, when Watson and Dubs, for example, both, uh, you know, are, are used to playing 40, 50, 60 
snaps a game. That second half of the season, the you know, the offense really could trend upward. I think the defense is going to be stellar kind of from day one, Bill, and the defense might have to carry them in some of those early games. But I think the offense has a chance, that if, if indeed they do go young, to catch up with the defense later in the season. And then you're talking about a football team, Billy, that, that that's probably peaking and kind of at its uptick as you head to the postseason. Talking with Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well, numerous books regarding the Green Bay Packers, at Rob Reichel over on Twitter. I want to go back to Rodgers for a second, and not to get too deep because we're talking about this season, but Rodgers was asked specifically, you know, about playing to the age of 45. And I know Rodgers had talked about playing into his 40s, but very quick to say, no, no, not doing it, not not going to go to 45. So I know he's on a year-to-year basis, so to speak. But, Rob, what realistically do you think Rodgers has, one, left in him, and two, what is the reality of him playing, say, beyond this year, beyond next year, beyond a couple, three years down the road? Well, in terms of what he has left in him, Bill, I mean, he's been unbelievable again day-to-day on the practice field this summer. I mean, he's, he's got a lot. I mean, he really does. He's 38. He'll turn 39 in, in early December. Um, you know, so he – Bill, I, I, I mean, he, he seems timeless. And, and, you know that, and you know the game as well as anyone today – you know, quarterbacks can play into their mid-40s, as Tom Brady is showing, far easier than they could a generation ago when, when the Warren Saps and the John Randalls on a given Sunday were beating the absolute nonsense out of Brett Favre. That just doesn't happen in today's NFL because all these rules have been changed to protect quarterbacks and, and you know, and, and, and make life far more difficult for the defenders. Every rule change in the last 30 years has been in favor of the offense. So these quarterbacks can play longer. But Aaron is obviously going to come down to Bill just – He's off the field things. He's, you know, you know well. He's he's become one of the more interesting people around, and and he's got tons of off the field interest. Where it's going to get to a point, I really think with him, it, I don't even think it's going to be a physical thing that knocks him out of the game. Bill, I think it's going to be a situation where he says, "I want to do this, 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 and this with my life instead of playing football." Whether that's you know whether that's January, Billy of twenty twenty three, or you know two years down the road. None of us know. I mean, Rodgers is a really unpredictable guy. He's a, he's a deep thinker, as we all know, and, and only he knows exactly, you know, where, where that next cha- uh, phase and chapter of his life is going to go. The fascinating part is going to be, you know, as, as we wake this out with Rodgers, Jordan Love is making strides, Bill. He, he's making a ton of progress to the point where I think the Packers next year would feel okay uh, with what with what at least Love has shown early in camp, Bill. Again, he's got to do it here in the preseason, and if he gets thrown into any regular season games, he's got to continue to win the trust and show the organization that he is the long-term answer. But I think they right. feel more confident than ever that Jordan Love could be the next guy after what he's shown him here early this summer, Bill. And the longer this you know kind of goes on with Rodgers, the greater the chance is you lose Love. Mike, Mike, do you really think with everything, I mean, because we haven't seen him really in contact as far as game stuff goes, Rob, how much do you think Jordan Love has progressed? A lot. I mean, I, I was around every day in the summer of 07, Bill, when, you know, the, which, which wound up being Favre's last year and it was Rogers' third year. So there's, you know, eerie striking parallels to what we've got going on right now with Rogers and Love. And, and people seem to forget, Bill, they, they have short memories, but Rodgers' first two years in the league were a real struggle. Uh, 05 and 06, he was, he was not very good. He came back in 07, and he was an entirely different player. And, and Green Bay left training camp that year, and their coaching staff and their people 
you know, would tell me off the record, if, if we have to play this guy, we're fine. We're going to win a lot of football games. I mean, they, they all believed and they trusted in Aaron Rodgers that when Favre retired Bill in, in March of 08 after the 07 season, the Packers internally thought, you know, we're going to be just fine. And sure enough, three years later, they won a Super Bowl. Now, has Love made that kind of progress? Absolutely not. I mean, where Rodgers went, Bill, from, you know, from, you know, point A to Z was, was pretty remarkable. Uh, it, you know, and, and he's won four MVPs. He's, he's going to go down as a top ten quarterback in the history of the game. But, Bill, I, I do think, you know, lo- love, is, love has come miles here in the last couple of years. And, and he's done it, Bill, with, you know, if you, if you remember, he did it without a 2020 uh, preseason whatsoever. You know, that, that was the COVID year. He lost his entire offseason. So right. he, he has been fighting a little bit of an uphill battle, you know, his entire way. No, he, he looks entirely different, Bill. He, he's, he's making – you know he's making the routine look uh, terrific, and, he, and he's making the extremely difficult stuff look routine. And and I do think Bill, if he gets thrown, you know, if Rogers gets knocked out a month at some point in the year, not that anybody wants that to happen, I, I do think they would they would do more than tread water. I think the roster is good enough, Bill, where if Rogers misses four or five games, Green Bay would go five hundred, three and two, four and two, whatever it turned out to be. I think I think I think Love's come a long way, Bill, and I, I think you're going to see it play out that way through the preseason. Rob, always good to talk to you, my friend, and we'll talk more down the road. Interesting stuff, and uh, we'll uh, we'll touch base, okay? All right, Billy. Have a, have a couple of real unhealthy dishes for me sometime. <laughs> yeah, I already have. Thank you very much. <laughs> Rob, right, talk to you later. There you go, Rob Reichel from Forbes.com, Conley Media, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline, broadcasting live at the Wisconsin State Fair. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, Paul Allen. Voice of the Minnesota Vikings is going to be joining us as well. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show live at the Wisconsin State Fair next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. We are broadcasting live. We are here at the Wisconsin State Fair. My buddy Mike just stopped by. Always good to see him. It's like a, a kind of a reunion, as we were talking about, about a little bit earlier. Uh, now we see a lot of these people, you know, out and about doing different things, different shows in different places. But uh, State Fair is just different. It's just uh, this is our time. This is when everybody shows up. They have their rituals. Uh, everybody's got something that they uh, that they they do regarding the state fair this time of year, you know. So if you come here, you make it a tradition. There's like a day that you come or something like today is the day you get in for free if you drop off a, a food donation up until noon, all that kind of stuff. So people do that. There's regulars that do that each and every year, and we're glad that uh, they're stopping by and saying hello. So And Mike, by the way, said, say hi to Ben. Uh, it's our buddy Mike from Whitewater, Ben. Oh, hell yeah. Haven't yeah, heard from him so in a while. Mike. Yeah, Mike just walked by, so uh, he's actually going to be up in Green Bay, and he, he he came over and he said, hey, what's Clemens' number? I'm going to go up and see him. So I said, hey, I'll, I'll give Mike your number, and uh, that way you're not uh, calling Mike in the middle of the night, but uh, nevertheless, he's going to go up and see hi, say, say hi to Mike Clemens uh, staying up in Green Bay. So uh, Again, we're broadcasting live at the Goose Island Ale House inside the Budweiser Pavilion. Here today, here tomorrow, and then next week, Coming up in the broadcast, uh, we are going to be poolside, from what I understand, again this year, out in the heart of Sturgis, South Dakota, at the Poppy Hall Campground, where we were last year over at Full Throttle, uh, Jesse James Dupree's place. We're going to be there and doing the show poolside. Now, 
it's a little different because they're two hours behind us. So instead of being on the air from 10 to 2, we're going to be on the air from 8 to eight to noon. And uh, last year, remember, we were there a week earlier. We were just getting back from Sturgis, and they had not fully opened the campground yet. So when we were poolside, really, other than a couple of old dudes that decided to bathe in the hot tub, uh, we didn't. there wasn't anybody there at the pool. This year, they I saw the pictures. They opened it yesterday, and uh, it is full-on open and people and, you know, yeah. So I got – and I'm going to be out there. Uh, ben, now, do you interact down the hall with the people from uh, WJJO at all? Not really. Uh, Not frankly, really? Okay. never. Okay. <laughs> okay. They're, they're rock and roll. We're sports, so I, I completely get it. But they are doing the morning show. From what I understand, they're doing the morning show out there. So uh, we'll be doing quick changeovers when it comes to the set and such. But they're going to be there. So it'll be uh, an interesting week next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, now, you guys know you're on the air Thursday and Friday, right? Uh, I'm, pretty yeah. sure was, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was sure that was in there. Okay. Now, it's in the sure email that. somewhere. Okay. You know how we are. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, next week comes. Yeah, right. That'll be interesting because no. Grant Bills is also on vacation next week, and I'm in for him. So there's some so, moving around that's going to happen. I was going to say, so who's who's doing the show? Uh, probably me. I'd, we'll okay. see. It's one so of those next, things. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday we'll be here, and then Thursday and Friday uh, we won't be, and then we'll be back. Um, so, uh, you know, got a lot going on in the meantime, but looking forward to it. Uh, next week, next Tuesday, by the way, uh, one of the reasons we're going this this coming week is because Bill Davidson, um, obviously of Harley and Davidson, is going into the Motorcycle Hall of Fame. And we were asked to be there. Uh, we were honored enough to get tickets and be given some tickets and, and be there. So we're going to go see Bill inducted into the um, Motorcycle Hall of Fame coming up next Tuesday. And next Thursday night, a week from tonight, uh, is the 30th anniversary of from the time the band Jackal back in the 90s took the stage for the first time to uh, play together. And next Thursday night, they're doing the 30th anniversary show. And I think we, uh, we're going to be doing some interesting stuff on stage that night. So we've been asked to do that as well. So uh, that's the reason we're going. I mean, I, you know, don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. It's great writing. And it's, it's going to be like a reunion out there. My God, from everybody that's contacted me that said they're going, it's going to be a lot of fun. But. Those are the two big reasons we're going. And I figured I I probably shouldn't be working on Thursday or Friday after the show because the show, I think, goes from like 8 to midnight or something like that. And I don't think by the time we get done, we're going to be in any shape to do a show the next day. So Thursday and Friday are going to be off. So That sounds like a perfect day or two to do the Aaron Rodgers DMTT method. Uh, yeah, you know what? We're, it's going to be hot. I saw it's going to be in the mid-90s. Uh, maybe we go into one of those little tents that gets it up to about 105. You do that body cleansing by sweating out all the toxins and whatever it is you drink or take, uh, you, you know, then begin to dispose of the, the pontious stuff in your colon. And, and maybe I come home completely uh, 20 pounds lighter and completely detoxed. Who knows? Or I can come home like a bloated sunfish laying on the beach full of alcohol and poisons and just needing a week to recuperate. Take your pick. Go to radio. There you go. There you go. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen, 
good friend, a uh, friend of the program, going to be joining us. We're going to talk with him about really, no, he's not coming? 1 o'clock. Okay, 1 o'clock. he's coming back. at what, So we got a half hour. So let's do this while we have the time then. Let's do this. We are going to then take a break and come back. And when we come back, we're going to hear Matt LaFleur from a little bit earlier today. So there you go. We'll get into that. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Matt LaFleur next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. to have you back the wisconsin state fair love this place love it love it uh mark no i have not done the cream puff here's the reason why okay here's the reason why because the cream puff and the state fair brownies are going with us to sturgis and that's going to happen tomorrow tomorrow so i'm going to take some of that stuff out of here tomorrow there you go this portion of the program brought to you by our friends out there at Skipper Buds, and uh, they have got a great selection on tap out there. And uh, my buddy Todd, uh, who is the general manager, he's the guy that makes all the deals. So if you're looking for a new boat, pontoon, whatever it happens to be, go out and say hi. And if you're looking to trade one in, they're paying top dollar. In addition to that, if you're looking for storage for the end of the season, oh, my goodness, they got a great deal. 262-544-1200. 262-544-1200. Skipper Buds out in Pewaukee. Matt LaFleur, head coach of your Green Bay Packers, addressed the media just a little while ago. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. What you got going on in your arm right there? I got it covering the Oh, okay. Did the drugs machine do its 111 yesterday? We got one on order. So it'll be here hopefully in the next couple days. What did you get out of yesterday? Uh, just... A couple things. Number one, we want to take care of these guys' bodies because um, we're going back. It's going to be about a two-hour practice today, and then we, we follow that up with family night, which whether, however you want that intensity to be, I mean, when you go out there and there's 50,000-plus fans, it's, it's going to get amped up. So I uh, just want to take a little bit of a load off their body. But I did think that as far as the guys being mentally locked in and mentally engaged, I thought they did an outstanding job. Uh, we were able to work some situations that we needed to get in, and uh, I, so I thought it was a, a pretty productive day. Situational. The Deguara on the reception over the middle, does he have to make sure to give that to, the, to a ref and I guess to the equipment guy at this point rather than give it to the center? Is that the question point there? Oh, you're saying, yeah, when we cross? Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's some other subtleties that go in there as well that uh, don't want to necessarily give away to everybody. But, um, yeah, there, there's we're still working on that operation. That was the first time we've done it in training camp. Not that that's an excuse or anything because we've been doing we've been coaching it the same way for a while. But, yeah, absolutely, we got to get somebody in there, and um, you can't snap the ball unless you give it to the official. You just weren't looking for it, I guess. No, we always, that's something we always do. And and it might not be in that particular setting. It could be in an evening jog through, but we're always trying to 
um, educate our players and talk about. And it, there's some things that come up that you just you don't necessarily plan for. Um, so I think the more you do them, they, they naturally occur and gives you some good talking points, first amongst our staff and then with our players as well. Uh, there's still a, f a few things that we'll we'll add into our systems. With, uh, speaking of family night, Matt, is, I really, it's just a practice, right? But as far as critiquing it and grading it, and just well, just a practice. Right, I guess. Sound like Allen Iverson. Just a practice because it is sort of game-like. I mean, is there, I guess at the end of the day, when you're reviewing players and critiquing it, is there any more weight on this than what's going to happen today, for instance? No, I think they all weigh equally. Um, I do think that it's just you're changing the environment. And for a lot of our young guys, it's their first exposure in, in, a, in obviously in Lambeau, but with, with our fans. And there's, I think, a natural excitement and potentially an anxiety that goes along with that, knowing that there's a lot of eyes on you. But, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's still football. And, and we got to train our guys to kind of have that mindset that uh, you go out there and you compete just like you would any other day. Potentially, potentially. I'm going to keep you guys on the edge of your seats. Yeah, I think that's such a great experience for everybody. And, um, you know, it's a special thing that these guys get to do that we all get to do. And, to, to be a part of the National Football League is, uh, you know, it's taken a lot of work for all these guys, but it's a, an incredible honor. So why wouldn't you want those guys to experience that with their families? And um, but at the same time, you, you got to get to work, and you got to you got to put the work in. You got to be intentional about your work, and yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to keep improving. Well, they, they've had a lot of time uh, together, so I, I think naturally uh, they would be the favorites at those spots. But like anything, uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a great competition, and it'll get interesting as as we get some of these guys back as well. For all time, for offensive line, will there be a point maybe in this next week where Jordan gets to run with the group that he'll put him out there in front of the forty nine? I mean, does he need to have a little bit of that rhythm? Potentially, uh, we'll just play it by ear, though, and, and um, certainly we want all our guys to go out there and have success. But um, I, I think a lot of times, as a quarterback, you're, you're less concerned with those guys in, in front of you, especially in a practice situation when you, when you're not going to get touched. Uh, hopefully, although we've had a lot of close calls, but um, you know, I don't think that. I think the center is is an important part of it, obviously, just for him to hear your cadence. Um, and so you can get that feel for when, when he snaps the ball, especially when you're, well, I guess whether you're under center or in the gun, just the velocity, some of those guys have a little bit different. So I think that is probably more important than the other spots. Coach, do you talk to the players at all about Packers great going into the Hall of Fame early this weekend? Uh, we have not hit that yet, but certainly um, 
got a lot of respect for Leroy, not only as a, as a player, but as an ambassador of the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, I think his, his work on the field kind of speaks for itself. I think it's long overdue. Um, but, yeah, just I don't know him that well, but I like what I have seen out there. And um, he's, he's been super supportive and uh, just really excited for him. And uh, what, a gr- what a great honor, the highest honor. I'm not sure if Patrick Taylor is going to be back today or soon, but you're down to four running backs. Is that an okay number, or you have to be a little cautious with the, with the remaining guys? Yeah, that's something that Goody and I have talked about, and um, certainly we don't want to go into the first preseason game with, with two backs. Uh, I, I doubt you'll see Aaron Jones or A.J. in that first preseason game. So, um, you know, we'll see where we're at with Patrick as, as it gets a little bit closer. Well, I think you see it on the field each and every day. He's, he's, first of all, I'll say about AJ is he's extremely intelligent. He's a, he's a great teammate. Um, but you have seen him mature as a, as a man too over these last couple of years. And, uh, I think he kind of, we knew he had pretty decent hands coming out, although they didn't throw him the ball a whole, a whole bunch. But I think as a receiver out the backfield, he's exceeded all our expectations early on. And now it's just kind of, it's a great luxury to have a guy because rarely do you see a back of his stature that, that has the body control that he has and the hand-eye that he has. And he's, been, he's done some damage in the passing game, and um, whether it's catching a flat route and being able to uh, you know, turn up the sideline. Um, a lot of guys, when, when you're that big and you're that fast, you naturally you catch that and you can't help but your momentum takes you out of bounds. And he, he just has really good body control. Um, and we're, we're lucky to have him as a running back for us. And he's done a great job in pass protection as well. I think that's an area that most backs, um, you know, coming into this league, they're a little bit further behind because there's less required in, in college, I would say, and there's less looks. Um, so I think that's an area that he continues to improve upon and, uh, but he just he goes about his business the right way, and it, it's really cool to see when you see a guy come in. and, and There were some obviously some ex- high expectations for him coming out, you know, being a second round pick and all. But um, he's done a, he's done a hell of a job. When we asked you about receivers this spring, you're pretty adamant that you need that perimeter playmaking. But when you have two complete backs that, that can be a fact in the passing game, how much does that open up for your creativity to get both Aaron and? Yeah, absolutely. I think you saw it a couple of years ago when we were down some wide receivers in Atlanta, and shoot, I think we had all three running backs out there. So, um, you know, we always say it: the only thing that limits you is your imagination. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to get as creative as possible with those guys. I mean, they're they're two great players, and um, you want to get your best players the ball, and and certainly having those two guys is is definitely a luxury. Yeah, he's he, first of all, he's super intelligent. But um, yeah, like just the conversations, the back and forth. Um, it, it's 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 pretty rare to have a guy 
that has the knowledge. And, and I think that's, you know, why he's been able to make a lot of plays. Uh, he, he's so good at recognizing um, formations and splits and understanding what routes come from from each split. And he's been able to jump a lot of balls. He's got great ball skills. Um, and he's, he's just a great competitor. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, uh, meeting with the media a little bit earlier today. We're going to step out, take a quick break. We're broadcasting live. We're here at the Wisconsin State Fair. That's where you can find us. And uh, we are here today and here tomorrow. The uh, the Budweiser Pavilion, uh, which is a tremendous place, the Bud Pavilion is, inside the uh, Goose Island Ale House. We're here today, here tomorrow, out in South, Sturgis, South Dakota, beginning next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well. So uh, hang in there with us. Stick around. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for family night inside Lambeau Field tomorrow night. After the first few practices and pads, what did the coaches see on film? Head coach Matt LaFleur. There was a lot. Some of the competitive one-on-one periods, I thought from a run game standpoint, I thought the offense did a pretty decent job of, of running the football. I thought our defense, we got to tighten up in, in some areas. we got to do a better job of setting edges and you know, I, I thought there was a lot of good out there. Those guys were competing hard from a pass game standpoint. I thought the D-line was in the face of the quarterback the entire day, which is good and bad, right? So everything's a double-edged sword, I guess. Kind of challenged the offensive line. they got to get better. Aaron Rodgers was asked why he's been in conversations with so many players on the sidelines, not only the young receivers, but defensive players like Rasul Douglas. Well, I want to win. Badly. you got to communicate to win. With Christian and with Romeo, it's a lot of me teaching them. Rasul is one of the smartest guys I've ever played with. He reminds me a lot in the deepest respect of Charles Woodson. Uh, he has incredible ball skills, baits you at practice. He has the competitive fire that, that Charles did. That may have looked like me talking to him, but it was as much him talking to me. And former Packers safety Leroy Butler is being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His college coach, Bobby Bowden, once told the story about meeting Butler for the first time at his home in a rough neighborhood in Jacksonville to convince him to play at Florida State. So I called Leroy. I said, Leroy, we're going to come give visit. Well, that made him happy, you know. And he said, he said uh, Coach, when you come to see me, You'll go by this uh, 7-Eleven store. There'll be a lot of men out front. Don't stop. (laughs) That's that's exactly what he said. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. We are broadcasting live at the Wisconsin State Fair here today, here tomorrow. Coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear from Paul Allen. He is the voice of the uh, of the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, we're going to talk with him. Excuse me. We're going to talk with him about why there are so many rumblings now that this Vikings team could could uh, end up. Um, kind of uh, being the team that knocks off the Green Bay Packers this season. They believe that, you know, if, if Kirk Cousins has a hell of a season and the defense, which was their nemesis last year, 
is able to solidify new regime, new coaching, new enthusiasm. Could they really give the Green Bay Packers, with all the weaponry they have offensively speaking, a run for their money? And uh, some say, you know, hey, look out. This could be the team, including when asked, uh, Greg Jennings even stated that, you know, yeah, this you wouldn't put it out of the, uh, the realm of possibility. So we'll uh, – We'll talk with him coming up here uh, shortly. This one's from uh, Mark, who says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, would love to see you out at the Wisconsin State Fair. Are you going to be there next week? No, we're not going to be, unfortunately. He says uh, he feels that the Brewers shortchanged fans. They promised them to be competitive for a World Series. Instead, we're trying to be competitive just to win the division. It seems like this team is falling steady, steadily behind rather than moving forward. Uh, and we talked a little bit about that in the opening hour of the program. And we can continue after we get done talking with Paul Allen after, uh, you know, the top of the hour. But, uh, but look, uh, and, and the Brewers right now uh, on top in Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, I, I think the way this has kind of played out, and I know Adam McCalvey tried to explain it in his piece. If you follow Adam McCalvey over on Twitter – you can read it. He even he even said it was somewhat surprising to them that Lamette ended up getting DFA'd. There's still a possibility he could end up with the Brewers if he decides to take the assignment, go down to AAA, if he, nobody claims him, which is possible as well. So, and I've not heard anything different as of right now. So, he could end up with the Brewers and still could go through the process of getting back to where he was and coming back and being helpful to the Brewers, but also with a 13-man staff – 13 pitchers on your roster, the question was how, you know, where were they going to find room for him? Peralta obviously coming back, and then they made some more room on the roster when they brought back Keston Hira, who was hitting the hell out of the baseball. So on and on and on. They, they talked about all this stuff. And the fact that he has service, I, you know, I cannot believe. Now, this is just me. But I cannot – because the, the the theory that's running around out there is they did not realize he had enough service time, which gave him his own rights to say, no, I'm not going to go through DFA and come back or take an assignment. I'm going to go to a, be a free agent. That maybe they didn't realize it. I can't believe that. I, I just – David Stearns is – does his due diligence. I can't imagine them bringing in a guy in a trade to where – they did not realize he had service time and, and and that he can then decline the option to go to AAA and therefore I, I just no I don't buy that um, I, I just I can't imagine that happening so I know that's what some people are saying it's not look it, I'm never gonna again never say never but I'm not gonna say that that's what exactly happened Paul Allen, longtime voice of the Minnesota Vikings. He is going to be heard on these airwaves. That is next on the Bill Michaels Show. The Bill Michaels Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.